Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Mace, how are you? All right, still getting my headset on, actually, but uh, I could hear you. You did it again. You did it again, didn't you? You were sitting in your car, you were texting, or you are listening to the radio, and then you looked at the clock and said, oh, my God, I have to race into the studio, and you literally ran in, and you're panting. Actually, uh, that would be completely incorrect. I did not run into the studio. In fact, I have been in the office for a few minutes. I was simply uh, responding to uh, someone responding to me on Twitter and then looked up and said, oh, I've got to actually walk over to the studio so i walked about 10 steps or so and here i am and here you are well it's nice to nice to be with you again by the way happy interview day i think we could say happy interview day over the last uh, four days right yeah and uh one more to go yeah at Very least at, at least one more because if if they do have a second round of uh, interviews for finalist uh, candidates today of course being the broncos with their head coaching search, then it, it could extend into uh, in the next week a little bit. So this may not be done. Uh, by the way, I just saw something here on Twitter. This coming from the Colorado Rockies. Uh, they have announced their coaching staff for their high A affiliate in Spokane. Should I go through it, or do you just want to move right on to all the Broncos interviews? I mean, are there any interesting names? Because you had like Jordan Pacheco, who got hired as I believe a hitting instructor at AAA, but. In uh, Albuquerque, but any names on there that we should know about? You uh, obviously you cannot sense my sarcasm <laughs> as we are not in studio today. Although uh, Scott Little will be returning at the helm, he's joined by bench coach Julio Campos, pitching coach Ryan Kyber, and hitting coach Zach Osborne. With that, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Two more interviews today. Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell and Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Although Callahan, I believe, was a Zoom interview. Eric Bieniemy, as you mentioned, is tomorrow. He's the final one. You have been doing deep dives all week for thednvr.com. What do you think about O'Connell and Callahan? What have you learned? Share with the class. I mean, basically, with Kevin O'Connell, it's he's the, he's sort of regarded as the next branch of the Sean McVay tree. That He's been around him for a couple of years. He very, he very much... Uh, is going to operate in a similar manner to Sean McVay. I think uh, kind of a question that you would have for him uh, if he's coming in is how much is he going to coach the entire team? Now, there's no question that Sean McVay has been a success for the for the Rams. But one thing you see from McVay is that you watch him sometimes during the games, and if the and if the defense is on the field and there's something to take care of with the offense, he'll be the guy who kind of turns his back to the field and focuses uh, and focuses on the offense unless the defensive coaches handle it. That's something that we see less of from, for example, Zach Taylor, who worked for McVay and then went on to uh, the Bengals. So is Kevin O'Connell going to function like that, or is he going to be a little bit more like Zach Taylor, maybe handing some of the uh, uh, the game planning off during the week 
to and and even the offense like during the game the, the adjustments off to an assistant like a Brian Callahan so he can focus on the coaching the entire team. I think that's a interesting philosophical thing that I'd like to that that in an interview you want to get to the bottom of with uh, Kevin O'Connell and I'm sure that's something the Broncos may ask him about. Well, I'll make a guess on one thing. Kevin O'Connell does not have the same memory as Sean McVay. You and Sean McVay in some ways do have something in common that I could tell you about a game 15 years ago, ask you about a certain play in the second quarter, and you can tell me the formation. For those that don't know, Sean McVay actually has the ability to do that, which is mind-blowing. Okay, I'm not, not at McVay's you're, level. You're Let me make that clear. Not, no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm not close. Me. No, I'm about to knock you down a peg. Yeah. You are not at that level, but you're at a pretty high level. I mean, I'm basically, he if he is the uh, kind of the... What would be like the top of the line store where you could buy something from Neiman Marcus Nordstrom? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm not a big shopper. Okay, let's say he's the Neiman Marcus version of that. I'm probably like Mace, the Macy's, maybe the Target version of that. How's that? The Macy's, nicely done. Thanks. Even though you didn't mean it that way. Yeah, no pun intended. You? But you took. Did you mean it that way? No, I didn't. But uh, maybe subconsciously I did, but not consciously. How's that? Do- to to put his to put Sean McVay's memory into perspective, it is the equivalent of Peyton Manning having a photographic memory. So picture somebody having a photographic memory, and McVay's memory not necessarily photographic, but it is at that level for the ability to retain things. It's incredible, right? and and it's not just like recent. I mean, you 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 could go back, you could ask him something about a play that he called in like. Right, 2015, yeah. when he was right. Washington's offensive coordinator under then right. head coach Shea Gruden, and he'll have it basically, and, and he'll just be able to rattle it off. It's, it's there have been they've done some. This has been shown on video from time to time. This yep. is it's really impressive, and but okay. that and that's the thing that with all respect to the other McVay acolytes that we've seen, of course Matt Lafleur in Green Bay, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, and even though he's on the defensive side, Brandon Staley with the Chargers, was on Sean McVay's staff in 2020. And there's a lot of kind of McVay DNA in him and what he's doing uh, from a team-wide perspective. But none of them are the OG, so to speak. At the risk of getting off topics, I want to get into Brian Callahan. Do you think that 10, 15 years down the road, we are talking about a McVay tree to the same level as now you're going to say, really? To me, the greatest coaching tree in the NFL, you're going to be surprised when I tell you this. And if you had to get, I'll ask you, what's the, what's the greatest coaching tree you can think of? I mean, if we're talking going all the way back to kind of the, the original tree, it'd have to be uh, Paul Brown. Well, I'm, I'm talking about guys who coached under that person. I'm not talking about all the branches. I'm saying you coach directly under him. So at the end of the day, let's just say for the sake of argument, for the sake of argument, Josh McDaniels became a great head coach. He is clearly under the Parcells tree mm-hmm. because of Belichick. I'm saying one generation, one generation and one generation only uh, over j- the last over the last 50 years. OK, then I then that rules out the guy I was going to say that would be Jim Lee Howell with the Giants. In the fifties, who literally had, I know, had who Landry literally had Lombardi. Landry and Lombardi on his staff. I know because I could have gone there too, and I'm very familiar with it. I'm saying in the last fifty years. 
Uh, I'd say you're saying you're you're probably going to say it's not obvious. So the obvious well, the answer would be the obvious answer would be Bill Walsh, but I'm going to say Chuck Noll. Okay, I would say it, honestly, I would say it is neither of them. I would say it is neither of them. And when I say it, you're going to be like what? And it's I'll give you a hint. It's a guy I covered. All right. Um, and but, you know the teams I've covered. Yeah, it's it's a guy that you've covered, but that mm-hmm. but not that I've covered. You have not covered him. Okay. Um, Marty Schottenheimer. You got it. Want to hear this coaching tree? And I'll play the game top this. Bruce Arians, Mark Tressman, Bill Cower, Tony Dungy, Herm Edwards, Gunther Cunningham, Mike McCarthy, Cam Cameron, Tony Sperano, Hugh Jackson, um, and, and th- that's just to name a few. But the, but the highlights, the highlights on that are Herm Edwards, Dungy, Cower, and Arians. Three of those guys have all won Super Bowls. And it's funny, like all, all those guys you mentioned are also kind of multiple tree guys, though, because yep. you know, Tony Dungy is probably, with all respect to what he did for Marty Schottenheimer, mm-hmm. Tony Dungy's probably a Chuck, is a Chuck Knoll tree guy first. Bruce, Arian, Bruce Arians is really interesting because he's worked for Marty Schottenheimer. Yep, he, he was uh, the running backs coach from eighty nine right. to ninety two. I started covering the right. team in ninety two, so he had just left. But he, I was there. He worked. When for, I was yeah. there when Cow. Uh, actually, I, I had just missed Coward. Yeah, but Arians also he worked for uh he worked for Bill Cower in Pittsburgh. So that's another kind of that's another branch of the Schottenheimer tree. Right. But a lot. But a lot of Arians' core kind of foundational principles actually kind of actually go back to. Bear Bryant, when he well, which it's first, always gonna, again. They're 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 always they're always they're always multiple ones in in, in there. And and Herm Edwards is probably above all a Dick Vermeil guy. You're always going to go back to somebody, right? You're always going to go back to somebody. But at the end of the day, these guys coached under Schottenheimer. But I'm with you. The the, the greatest tandem of coaches under one guy was Vince Lombardi and mm-hmm. Tom Landry offensive and defensive coordinator right. for the Giants at the and same then, time. Right. And when they became head coaches, I mean, they wound up playing each other and I'm not sure if Lombardi's Packers in a big game ever lost to Landry. Yeah. Not, not a playoff game. Cause they only had like two, they only had the two playoff games because even though they coached at the same time in the sixties, right. the Cowboys were an expansion team, and so the and, and back in those days, expansion was much more of a slow build, and so the Packers were winning titles when the Cowboys were still kind of struggling, but then Lombardi and the Packers endured for so long that they were waiting when the Cowboys finally rose up, and then it was it was too consecutive years in the NFL championship game, which is the equivalent of the NFC championship game today. And both were tight games, one score games. One was the ice bolt. One, I believe was preserved by an end zone interception late in Dallas. And I mean, that's, it's interesting to kind of look back at the Lombardi dynasty and say how close, how close it came to Landry and the Cowboys kind of just rendering it as just another great team, but not a, 
five titles in a decade dynasty. But yeah, that was th- that was the best two on one staff at a time. Although now, as we see what Kyle Shanahan is doing, what Sean McVay is doing, what Matt Lafleur is doing, right. and it's and it, and that and and people have probably seen this image all over social media the last couple of days that you have three of the last eight coaches standing this year who were all on the Washington staff under Mike Shanahan. Right. It's funny when you, if you understand the history of football and you look at Tom Landry, you would say he was a great innovator on offense, Mm -hmm. yet he was the Giants defensive coordinator. It was Lombardi who was the offensive coordinator who's, you know, Mm -hmm. power sweep was was as unstoppable as Nebraska's running game and Oklahoma's running game in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and of course, I mean, Landry in Dallas had the flex defense uh, concepts, which which became colloquially known as the doomsday defense. Right. But the thing that he did, like some great coaches who can go to both sides, on offense, he thought about things that caused him problems as a defensive coach. And in those days, one of the things that caused his defense's problems were the shotgun. And so the Cowboys made extensive use of the shotgun before pretty much anyone else was doing so. Coming up after the break, what a game for Nikola Jokic last night. Mace, you and I have had lots of conversations. When is he finally going to get some respect and be mentioned in the MVP conversation? Well, guess what? His maybe shining moment happened to be on national television last night. Will he finally get some respect? And what did Magic Johnson say about the Joker? That's next. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie, McKenzie Law. Did my estate plan and my living will with Dan, and I could not be any happier. But, hey, I got it done. But more importantly, he was really working with him. He made the process so easy. I had tons of questions. He was so patient with me, uh, with, with the answers that he gave me. And I felt so comfortable working with him. Listen, you never know what can happen tomorrow. You don't want somebody else deciding what you want to do with your finances, um, especially when it comes to your family. You don't want the courts deciding that. That's why you really need to take care of this on your own. You know, who knows what can happen tomorrow? You want to make those decisions and your living will the same thing. God forbid something happens. Do you want to be a vegetable? I, I hate to you know, be so direct about that. Or do you want somebody to pull the plug? I want somebody to pull the plug. I don't want to be in a vegetative state for the rest of my life. I want to make those decisions. Dan McKenzie helped me out. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Nikola Jokic has put up a lot of impressive line scores over the course of his career, but last night has to be at least top five, and some people might even make it the best line score he's ever put together. An eye-popping triple-double, 49 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. He also had three steals. One of them was key at the end of the game. And the final assist, if you watch the game, oh, if you didn't watch the game, it was a breathtaking cross-court pass to Aaron Gordon for the game-winning shot. After the game was over, Magic Johnson went on Twitter and said, are you kidding me? The Joker better be in the MVP conversation again this season. Mace, I don't know how much of the game you watched yesterday. Did you watch a lot of it or just a little of it? I picked it up at halftime, watched the entire second half in overtime. I'll tell you what I found really, really interesting. You and I have this conversation. I was very disappointed in Jokic's former teammate, uh, Richard Jefferson, who earlier this year was in a conversation uh, about Jokic being the MVP, and Jefferson completely dismissed it by saying, well, you know what? He won it last year. Hmm. Well, Jefferson was on the call last night, yes, and so was Mark Jones. And over and over and over again, they kept referring to Jokic, Jok- Jokic, Jokic as the MVP over and over and over again. Nationally televised game, and because it was on national television, and I understand people on the East Coast probably didn't stay up that late, but because it was nationally televised, is he now in the conversation legitimately, in which he should have been in the conversation all along anyway? Exactly. He should have been in the conversation all along, but sometimes you do need that signature performance in front of, uh, in front of a wider audience. And then, and then for it to lead to more conversation, because I would, I would imagine this, it's not just what we heard said last night during the broadcast. And I mean, and, and, and Jefferson certainly sounded like somebody who had come on board the train of Jokic being back, a back-to-back MVP. Frankly, I am fascinated to see, to, to, to see what we hear tonight on TNT from their crew. Right. And what they say, even though we're going to be a night removed from the game, that performance is the primary is the primary talking point in the NBA today. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you, at least among those who know. Now you go to ESPN.com and you may and you see something different. You see LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I understand. But those now, who know, but those right. who really know, are talking about Jokic. You're right. If LeBron or Curry or Durant did this, it would probably lead Sports Center. Yeah. But because it's Jokic, it won't. I was watching ESPN this morning and they started with Embiid and then they went to Jokic. But in all fairness, okay, in all fairness to Embiid, and he had a marvelous night last night as well mm-hmm. 50 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Again, Jokic's line score 49 points. 14 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. I'm a Jokic guy, as are you. All of us in Denver are. But what was more impressive? What Jokic did last night in 41 minutes or what Embiid did last night in just 27? Mm. I mean, you can argue for Embiid 
You certainly can. But that's it's not to take it, away yeah. from Jokic. It, it's not take away from now. 50 now, points in 27 minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean that that's incredible. I mean, now what I can also say is incredible is the way Jokic took over the game at the end. I mean, in yep. that that's part of what determines a truly great player. What you do when it met when it matters most, and the, and there he is. He had all, he'd already had a good game before the final minutes of regulation overtime. He, he'd had what I would say was a very a very typical Jokish type of game, right? Yep. Then he then he he had you know, and then he scores twenty of the last twenty seven points the Nuggets put on the board. Yeah, I think there. I think I saw a stat yeah. that late in the fourth quarter. Every point that was scored, Jokic was somehow involved. Yes. Whether he scored or he dished an assist. Right. Now, let's get let's get to this, okay? There are a lot of people, specifically on the East Coast, who believe Embiid is the best center in the league. But let me frame it this way. But think big picture. Who is the better all-around player? All-around player. Embiid or Jokic? I mean, there's all around. No, there's no absolutely no question. It's Jokic. Mm, I'm not so sure. If I'm being honest, I am not so sure. I am that quick to say Jokic that quickly, and I'll tell you why. And I understand player efficiency rating. We will talk more about that later on in the show. In terms of scoring, they're equal. Would you agree? Very close. Uh, yeah, very uh, close. Essentially, yes, yeah, they're essentially. basically equal. In terms of rebounding, uh, Jokic is actually a tick better yes. by like a couple of games. I'm with you mm -hmm. on that. No one's going to argue. No one's going to argue about assists. And when I say all around mm -hmm. game, no one would ever argue who's the better defensive player. Embiid is a beast, and he has the resume to back it up. He is one of the top five defensive players in basketball. That's what I mean by all around. And it's not a knock on Jokic. I would rather have Jokic than Embiid. But you can make an argument for Embiid because of what he does defensively. Not only does he block shots. And, and see, that's the thing. People look at block shots and say, well, he had three. People don't talk about. And it's you know what? It's kind of similar to sacks. Well, how many sacks did he have? He only had two. But how many pressures did he have? to make the quarterback throw the ball away. And that's the same thing with block shots. How many shots did Embiid affect that did not go in? I mean, they're different. They're different types of players because like, I agree because you look at, at points and rebounds. Okay. They're both, they're both alphas when it comes to their position, right? They're both, they're both among the very best and Embiid is the better defensive player. But Jokic, because of his skills as a distributor, that I th that I think tilts the scales toward him. I mean, Jokic is not a great defensive player. He's a fine defensive player. He's a much improved defensive improved. player. He's improved. He, that, that's the thing. But he's he's not going to be all defense. But that's a, but that's okay. But you right. look at somebody who's putting up triple doubles who who had that pass last night. Who's yep. averaging seven point four assists per game? And I think one of the things that's interesting, you take a look at all of those who are averaging, who are averaging more more than at least six assists per game, right? And there are twenty one players in the NBA this year who are averaging six assists. Seventeen are guards, 
yeah. three are forwards. Only one is a center. And Jokic is a different kind of center, but there is a dimension to his game that is unicorn-like from a big guy. I went Andrew Mason this morning. What I mean by that is you, you, you love, no, it's a compliment. You love your stats. Yes. You love your numbers. You love to deep dive into numbers and stats. Well, I did a little deep dive myself this morning and this jumped off the page of me when I discovered it. Jokic's player efficient rating, which is PER. Right now, and most people do know this, Mm -hmm. so I'm not breaking news here. Most people know at 32.95 currently is the highest PER in NBA history. It literally went up seven-tenths of a point last night. Right. Mm -hmm. Most Nuggets fans know that. The guy who's in second place is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Mm -hmm. who holds the record for a full season at 31.86. Another really good passing big man. But this is the number that jumps off the page. The gap currently between Jokic's PER and Giannis, like between one and two, that is a wider gap than between Giannis at two and the guy who is 17th all time. That is the equivalent of Wayne Gretzky having more assists than anybody else has points. I mean, it's 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 astounding, kind of kind of what he's doing, right? It's breathtaking. Yeah. Is, is really what it is. You look, th- think about that for a second. I want to repeat it. Mm-hmm. The gap between Jokic currently and the guy who's number two, Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. it's a wider margin than the margin between number two all time and number seventeen all time. Who are some of those guys? Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry. That is an astounding statistic, just like in hockey. If Wayne Gretzky had never scored a goal in his career, he would have more assists than anybody else has points. To me, it's on that level. I mean, if, like to kind of put it into a Denver perspective, it was a big deal when... Peyton Manning broke the single-season touchdown pass record, right? Yep. 55, a big, de- a, a big deal. Well, he broke it. He broke it, by f- he broke it by five, which is substantial, but it's not like Jokic, what Jokic is doing. What Jokic is doing in football terms is like when Dan Marino broke the touchdown pass record in 1984 and broke it by 12. You have to shatter a standard to do what Jokic is doing. It's fair. It is. It is fair to wonder if what we are seeing here. It's not only the best that any athlete has done in Denver for a single season, but maybe is in the conversation with best athletes in any sport for a single season. Well, we'll talk more about that later. But I'm gonna. I'm going to put this in another perspective. Give me a player in any sport outside of baseball because they have like 500 rounds, okay? Mm -hmm. So we'll just use basketball, hockey, and football. Outside of a Joe Montana, a Tom Brady, give me a guy who is as dominant if he wins another MVP award, 
who was not taken in the first round. Ooh. Right. It's nothing to think about. We need yeah. to hit a break. But it, but but to me, that's the perspective. We talk about Tom Brady wasn't taken in the first round. Joe Montana not taken in the first round. Mm-hmm. Jokic was not taken in the first round. I mean, the Wayne old, Gretzky, I, yeah. Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Yammer Yager, right? Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, Barry I mean, Sanders. I mean, I, all I, first round guys. Yeah. Peyton Manning, John Elway, all first round guys. I mean, to be honest with you, the the the, the name that kind of comes to mind. Even and he's a Hall of Famer, but he kind of was a was a comet across the sky, faded and then came back. Was Kurt Warner for that kind of three year sure. stretch with yep. the Rams? Yep. But I think Jokic is going to be have much more sustained success than Kurt Warner did. And Kurt's coming a great up, player. Coming up after the break. Well, there's some rumblings out of Vegas. There's a guy who really wants the Raiders' job, and if he gets it. There's a guy who would probably target to be his defensive coordinator. I'm guessing you know who the D.C. could be and how much would this affect the Broncos in the way you stack the AFC West if these two guys go to the Raiders. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Okay, Mace, there's a report that if Jim Harbaugh is offered the Raiders job, and I'm guessing it will be for head coach and GM, I'm guessing that would be the offer, but certainly for head coach, the report is he'll take it. There is also speculation Harbaugh would bring Vic Fangio in to be his defensive coordinator because those two work together in the 49ers organization. If this happens, and I understand how tough the NFC West is, does the AFC West become the toughest division in football? Yes. And you can argue it all. It already is the toughest division in football. I mean, you had wait, t- wait, wait already. Wait, tougher than I know. I don't yeah. think it's t- I don't think it's tougher than the. Uh, I, no, the, the I, didn't was. Was. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was. I said yeah. you can argue. OK, gotcha. Is. you can argue it is because you probably have a better. You can say the Rams are very good, but the Chiefs, you can argue, are better at the top. The other thing is you can maybe you can say that. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr that you can maybe give the AFC West the edge at quarterback, which is part and parcel of all this. Who would you give the edge to in terms of coaching in that, in in those two divisions? Because off the top of my head, okay. So you'd have Harbaugh and Reed up against Shanahan and McVay. And I'm sorry, but I'm not putting Pete Carroll in there now. 
five years ago I would have, but and, not and, now. And Kingsbury is a pretty brilliant uh, off-season strategist, but there's a pretty damning pattern to uh, what's going on with um, with the Cardinals and even to Texas Tech when he was there. Kingsbury's teams fade badly, and that's something yeah. that he's going to have to he's, he's going to have to fix. I think Broncos. I, I think Broncos fans should be worried if Harbaugh goes down. I, I think yeah. And, and yes, way, I, I, I would worry very, very right. greatly if he's there. Who are you more worried about, Harbaugh or Fangio? Both together. No, no, I- individually. If oh. you had to pick one, uh, who are you more worried about? Together, together, they could be terrific. Right now, Jim Harbaugh does tend to wear out his welcome too, but if. Who are you more? Who are you more worried about having to out coach, Fangio or Harbaugh? Since we're only talking about Fangio, the defensive coach, I think that's that's the one you worry about a bit more. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and 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 for a guy who probably spends eighteen hours as is inside the film room talking about Fangio, mm-hmm. the other six he splits between sleeping and watching the Hallmark Channel and making pasta and meatballs. I have a feeling that Fangio would pump it up to twenty hours mm-hmm. a day. Broncos week. Well, we we you know it's 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 been said that when. They were getting ready for the Cowboy game that there was a little extra, as Vic Fangio might say, oomph this past year because the rumors were already starting to fly. Like, oh, well, let's, let's, let's show them. And that was probably the best, that was the best game and probably the best game plan the Broncos had all, all year. <sighs> I mean, Hardball is a problem. And, and, and part of the reason he's a problem is bef- until he wears out his welcome. He's going to make that team much better. And in Sanford, it, it's look. There's a there is a clock that is ticking on Harbaugh the moment he walks in, and it probably ends after four years, and maybe even after three. In terms of just to the point where everyone where everyone reaches a uh, the terminus of saying, "All right, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. We're tired of him." But until not if he's not, not not if he's the GM. But and but until but even then, like I, there, there's a the, the organization can get tired of you, whether you're the GM or the or, or the head coach, because it's just the, the style that he has. It's demanding. It's successful, especially on the pro level. But it will wear on people. But until that point comes, he's going to make the Raiders better. If Harb if Harbaugh walks into the, to to Las Vegas. I don't care who his defensive coordinator is; they're back in the playoffs next year. I, I, I'm confident of that. Yeah. And, and this, and 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 I do wonder. And I'm going to ask you this: If you are George Payton, and the Raiders hire Harbaugh and Fangio off of a playoff season, and clearly that's kind of a let's we're going to win now, and they probably will win now, and you have the Chiefs being the Chiefs. And you have the Chargers who won't go away with Justin Herbert. If you're George Payton, do you maybe start thinking more about a long about long term rather than short term? Especially if you can't come up with Aaron Rodgers or or Russell Wilson in this offseason, do you then start thinking maybe the best play here 
is to to get one of these quarterbacks next year in the draft, and maybe this, and maybe not that you could do that that you can easily do this. Maybe this is a year you just kind of sacrifice. No, I don't think you necessarily sacrifice, but I will say this: any smart business owner will tell you you always think long term. Yeah. Period. That that has to be the thinking. You have to think long term. Mm. And if he starts thinking short term, he's going to start cutting corners and then eventually right. it, it's going to catch up to you. This is a long this is a long term play. That's how I look at it. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Home field advantage is sacred in sports. We've got a story about a potential split home field advantage in the MLB and uh, also an NFL playoff story about home field advantage. And we'll get into both of those on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Mace, we talked at the top of the show about uh, Embiid and uh, Nikola Jokic and Kendrick Perkins. He was a really good NBA player. He was asked who he would take, Embiid or Jokic, and he said Embiid is what it is, mm. right? Can't, can't change people's minds. So if he's taking Embiid, that would tell me he would vote for him for the MVP. At the end of the day, Embiid, you can make the case, a more exciting player to watch because he is more active. Yeah. Right? Yes. That the, the eyes tell you, the eyes tell you he's better. The eyes tell you he's better. But the truth is, Jokic is a guy who does things, believe it or not, so quietly you look at the box score and say, damn, this guy had a triple double? Really? And B doesn't work that way. But I listen, you and I have gone back and forth about it. It is what it is. You're just not going to change people's minds. And so it goes. I mean, that all all, all, so it goes. all all he can do is is continue doing what he's doing, continue putting up the numbers. And you know what? When it comes to MVP voting, there are a fair amount of voters who are simply going to look at PER, and that is going to favor Jokic. No question. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com.
Just in case you missed it, Major League Baseball shot down the Tampa Bay Rays plan to split home games between Tampa and Montreal in a decision that Rays owner Stuart Sternberg called flat-out deflating. Um, does this provide any additional advantage to have maybe two cities that your team is tied to, two markets that your, that your team would be tied to? Or is it maybe more of a... Uh, more of a weakness. You know what? If first of all, I thought this plan was hackneyed, and, and honestly, I I'm not interested in any team trying this this sort of plan. Quite frankly, I thought it was a I, I thought it was a slap in the face to the Tampa to the Tampa Bay market, and they kept saying, "Oh well, it's the only way to uh, uh, to sustain the team in the Tampa Bay area." No, it isn't. Uh, a, a huge part of your problem is that. You are playing on the relative fringes of the area. You're not in a central location. You are in a, you're in a market that doesn't have public transit to speak of. Your your stadium's in a hard place to get to. It takes most people an hour to get there, and that's part and that's part of the reason why you're struggling in St. Pete in St. Pete. But you ought to be able to move, make it work just fine if you moved across the bay to Tampa. And then they come up with this thing of saying, "Oh, well, we're going to play half our games in Montreal and half our games in St. Petersburg," and that's just I, I'm sorry. I I, I thought. No offense, Danny. I know you're getting at something else, but me having lived in Tampa for, in the Tampa area for a long time, I thought this whole thing was incredibly insulting. I love that you have a strong opinion on it. Have you ever been to a game in San Antonio to watch the Spurs? No, never been to well, San Antonio. Their stadium's nowhere near the city. Now I understand San Antonio is a smaller city than Tampa St. Pete, but that is in the middle of the sticks. And oh, by the way, uh, you've been to games like I've been to games. How far is Glendale, Arizona from Phoenix? That's a fun drive. Yeah, it's, and it's one of the reasons why the Coyotes were perpetually struggling is be, is because you is because of that. Now, football stadiums, you can you can put a football stadium pretty much anywhere in a metro area. By the way, the oh, arena oh, where oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. metro area? How fun is that drive to Foxborough from Boston? It and, sucks, and yet they sell out every game, That's and yet right, they were se- they, and they were selling they the and they teams. were selling out games at Foxborough Stadium when yep. Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback. And also, by the way, you mentioned right. that arena in San Antonio. Yep. You know how far it is from downtown San Antonio? Three point three miles. You know it's how the, you know how it's in the you middle know, of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, are you are you kidding me? The the the, the state. I've been there. Tropic, yeah, Tropicana Field. It's yep. 30 minutes from downtown Tampa. Don't give me that garbage. They're not the same thing, and you know it. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll call it Comiskey Park from the North Shore of Chicago. Okay? It's about an hour drive to get down there. And ha- but there are a lot Easily. of... Yeah, and there are a lot of... And, and Chicago is a huge, sprawling metropolitan area with a right? lot of people on the south side. And oh, by the way, you can take... And I've done this. You can, t- you can take the L from the loop down to the new Comiskey in 17 minutes. I timed it when I when I took it once. Well, you got to get there from the North Shore. Yeah. Well, of yeah, Chicago. Not not every you pl- get there from not Schomburg. every place is the you North get Shore. There from not, not every place is the North Shore. I I think the key the key to talk about is how far are you from the central part of the area, the center of the population? Hey Mace. Yeah. The the only people this really affects are the 25 fans. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays have. Oh, they have a lot more than that, but they what they, they go to the game. They, go to the game. They have go a the game. they have a TV audience because 
because that area and in and, and Denver, you can't relate to this because Denver this. has public transit. Denver is centralized in a way the Tampa Bay region is not. Listen, if Tampa wasn't a good team, I can understand it. Most, if not all, major cities will support a winner. Let's be real. They will support a winner, and Tampa is a winner, and they're still not supported. It, That's on yeah. the fans. Don't tell me, don't tell me where the stadium is. They have a winning franchise, a terrific franchise, and they're still not supported. I understand not supporting the Marlins because they stink. I don't even care where that stadium is. When you have a winning franchise, people will drive a long way to go see them. They're not supporting a winning franchise. If they were bad, I'm with you, but they're not. Because it's damn well impossible for most of the most of the people in the area to get there in time for a mid a midweek game. If you had the football stadium there, that'd be fine. I mean, really, the the Bay, Tampa Bay could solve its sports problems if you switched. Spots on the football stadium and the baseball stadium. What time did the game start there? Uh, they, they start at what? Three o'clock in the afternoon seven, for a midweek game. Seven o'clock. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Seven p.m. Seven p.m. Most people are off work at six. And how long is it? A half hour drive. It's a it, it, without traffic. It's a half hour. Oh, Shoot, man. where my where my parents live without traffic? It's an hour. It's okay. a, it, it's in, it is a stadium in a, in an, in a bad location that isn't, that isn't centralized. And to me, you know and the problem I have with Stuart Sternberg and this cockamamie solution of spending, of have, trying to play half your games in Montreal is build that, a new stadium. You weren't, yeah, build a new stadium in Tampa. Go to Tampa and build it with your own money. Team, I'm with you, but teams support winners. And this is a winning franchise, and people still aren't going. Uh, a win yeah, winning is well and good, but ultimately it butts up against no, it the, the simple inconveniences. I mean, people it, want to see a winner. People oh want to see a winner. Yeah. People want to see a winner. Hey, you've look. You you haven't lived down there. You don't know. I've lived down there. I know it is. It is an impossible place to get to, unless you unless you're one of those few those people who live in in the city of Saint Petersburg. Which, by the way, has an inordinate amount of retirees on fixed incomes who can't afford to go to baseball games. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know we have to hit a break, but if you lived with your parents, like George Costanza, how many games would you go to a year? I would get to I would get to about five or seven games a year. That's it. And I love baseball. And I love and I love baseball because you're a fan. Yeah. And I and I love baseball. And I go to I go to a lot more games here because it's a hell of a lot easier to get to Coors Field than it is to get to Tropicana. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, try before you buy. Walk into any store. Try out the appliances before you buy them. Customer service, fantastic. They can help you upfit a kitchen. SJO totally Electric redesign. has been a local. They can help you totally <laughs> design it. I don't know if SJO Electric can do that, but I know that Mountain High Appliance can do that. Find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their uh, clearance center in Denver. Let's go to a break. <laughs> it's calm. I got to calm down. I'm a little hot here. 